Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. the fantasy footballers dynasty podcast with borg bets and a baller welcome in it's wednesday october 25th back fantasy footballers dynasty podcast i am your host kyle borgannoni and i am joined by matthew bets and jason moore how's it going we got uh We've got a couple of arch enemies here, and um, I'm I'm happy to be on the show. I miss when I'm not here. Every other week is just a sad time for me. Do you listen in when you're when you're not on the show, Jason? No, I would never. I would <laughs> never listen to a show I'm not on. No, I I try to catch it as often as I can. It's 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 good advice. I like to learn as much as I like to teach. Love it. Yeah i I feel like this show is a you know, it's a different kind of pace than what we usually do on the main show. And we get to talk about tons of things that I don't know if we don't have time. We just like, it, it's hard to fit everything into a week, especially when you're in the weekly grind. But like, this might be one of my favorite shows we do this entire season for Dynasty. Like, I'm, I'm pretty hyped. I think all three of us are. Yeah, I love the show. I have been looking forward to this episode since like two weeks ago. We did a redraft on the main show um, after, I think, three or four weeks, and I couldn't believe how insightful that was and how difficult some of those decisions were when, when push came to shove and it was like, I'm staring down these two players. Which one would I really actually draft? And so then we brought up the fact we're going to do that on the Dynasty podcast, and I mean toiling and deciding and researching and looking at all these players and being like, which one would I really, really take? There's like groups of like five wide receivers to me, two running backs, where it's like, Ugh, I don't know. But we'll get into that. It's it's really tough. I, I was talking to Beth earlier. It's like this game of chicken where we're trying to look at each other and just like, okay, who's going to go first? Who's going to be the one to, to, uh, to go Puka Nakua? Like, where does Puka go? Because when we did this draft back in May, just just imagine this. Puka was not in the first two rounds, guys, in anyone's draft. Yeah. Just <laughs> that's, that's how it went. Also, 
uh, Kendra Miller was a hot name at the time. Uh, Marvin Mims, Tank Bigsby. Things have changed. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where this goes. And like you said, the in-season grind, like on a week-to-week basis, makes it so difficult to just like take a step back and like breathe for a second and kind of assess these rookies, not from a week-to-week standpoint, but from a dynasty standpoint. So this ex- exercise, I think, is going to be very valuable today. I'm, I'm very excited to see where you guys have all these rookies ranked. So we'll do a two-round rookie draft redo, only seven weeks into the season. So there's a lot we know, a lot we don't know. We'll get into that in just a second. But I want to mention jointhefoot.com. If you want to be a member of our Foot Clan, this is the place to be. And I wanted to specifically highlight a couple of tools that if you're a member of really the greatest group of all time, you get to access what I look at when I look at my matchups every single week and even making dynasty decisions. So right now on one of my dynasty teams earlier today, I was making trades based off our strength of schedule and our stream finder that shows here's what teams have done defensively against this position. Here's what you could look at moving forward. And over the last couple of years, we've kind of honed in this tool. Jason has been a big proponent of our scheduled adjusted fantasy points and that gives you so much more information than just raw points. So Jason, why don't you quickly explain schedule adjusted because we referenced that a yeah, lot. Yeah, and, and people should be using it. So like if you're listening and you are <clears throat> using any of our tools on the website where you're looking up matchups and, you know, what what's what's a good play this week? Who who, who should I trust over who? Uh, one of the best stats that we've seen kind of emerge over the last 3 or 4 years is schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed above opponents expectation it's like this you know we just call it schedule adjusted but essentially what it's doing is it's not just looking at well this team gives up the most fantasy points to running backs it's like okay well they have they played all the best running backs and you know that makes sense the the better running backs are going to score more or is it really like they give up far more fantasy points than the average fantasy points scored of the players they've faced and once you get into about this, really about two weeks ago and on, schedule-adjusted fantasy points as far as a defensive metric and where to target and how to make start-sit decisions, that is probably the the one metric I look at the most. And, and yeah, you can use it in a number of ways. You can use it in, in looking at trades and see like, oh, this this really isn't as bad as we thought or it's way better than we think. Uh, but you could also look at it for, like you said, strength of schedule. We've got all those tools uh, in in the Foot Clan. Um, strength of schedule is great where it's like you can go and look and say who's got a f- good fantasy schedule for the playoffs, but then you click that schedule adjusted button. And personally, I, I, I mean, I'm always going to default to schedule adjusted. It is a more accurate, more detailed, much more difficult to acquire um type of information that that is very valuable i use it in everything i do for fantasy football yeah i love it too if you're a contender right now in dynasty and like you know you're going to the playoffs use the tool and like kind of see like are there veterans i can add to my roster that a have already been valuable that a team that's rebuilding might want to get out of you can go get and set up for success like if you're a contender and you need running back help the chargers number one when you look at the rest of the season uh through week 17 schedule adjusted Someone might have Eckler also number one, and they're on the outside it, it, looking in. It's rest of the season. Um, number one schedule adjusted. It's also number one schedule adjusted in the fantasy playoffs. Those three weeks. So I right. mean, that is definitely one one to target. So 
I would imagine most of the listeners here are already subscribed, but if you're not, jointhefoot.com. You can uh, join up for all the all the premium resources. It's way more than just this one tool. It's like 100 tools. Yeah, tons of great stuff. Extra podcasts, extra footcast, injury blitz from bets, uh, another podcast. So great stuff at jointhefoot.com. But if you're here, uh, in just a second, we're going to talk rookies. But I wanted to pause because... I wanted us to make an observation for the people about what happened in week seven, maybe something behind the scenes that maybe they didn't, they didn't notice because snap counts change. And in dynasty, you're trying to make transactions right now. So this is my quick question for us before we get into our rookie redraft. What is one snap count observation over the last week or so that you are actively making moves in your leagues for? So like, Hey, I saw this happen behind the scenes and this is kind of increases players. So, Betts, I will let you go first. A player uh, with snap counts moving in the right direction. Yeah, we're going to see where this guy goes in the draft today. Uh, if he goes in the top two rounds, I think he will. Is Rasheed Rice. So, I wanted to pick a rookie and just kind of keep it, you know, on theme here. Look, there was a opportunity, I think, last week where you laugh, but Justin Watson was out. <laughs> and no, he's not earning targets at a high rate, but he is playing a ton for the Chiefs. And so I kind of wanted to see what happens with Rasheed Rice. He was already trending in the right direction for the last uh, two or three weeks in terms of his route rate when he's on the field, earning targets at extremely high level, coming off a season high, 59% of the snaps. And last three weeks, his route rate was 23%, 50%, 65% last week against the Chargers. And the efficiency metrics are just crazy. So I was kind of already noticing like, look, it's just a ragtag group at wide receiver. We've been saying that since Tyreek Hill left. But if there's one guy that's going to emerge, it is Rasheed Rice. And I've been trying to go out and actively kind of get him on my dynasty squads, you know, last week and this week. And I think the window for that to happen is going to slam shut pretty quickly if this trend continues. So Rasheed Rice certainly on the rise in the, the Chiefs offense. And that's that's somebody that Jason, you don't have to take the early victory lap, but you were much higher than most people on Rasheed Rice. Yeah, it, coming in, I, I thought I thought his film was okay, was was good, positive. He, he wasn't someone I'm, I was so bullish on that I was like, oh, he's going to be a superstar. I think the process with Rasheed Rice was don't just get burned out on the fact that it didn't work with Sky Moore and it didn't work with Nicole Hardman and it didn't work. Like you still have to keep taking shots on finding the number one wide receiver for Patrick Mahomes. And the fact that what we saw from Sky Moore was a lot of failed opportunity said it's never going to happen for him. Like There are outlier cases where someone plays a significant amount for several years and then gets better. But for the most part, if you get the opportunities that Sky Moore had and you do what he did with them, with the best quarterback in the history of the planet, it, it's probably not going to work out. And so it, it really hasn't. Uh, Rushy Rice looks good. And I, I think that is a perfect dynasty trade for target because he really hasn't broken out yet. And the writing is a little bit on the wall. I mean, it's in chalk, but it's like you can start to see it. Where it's like, okay, he could become the 1A in the wide receiver room. Um, for me, my snap count observation is two weeks old. I wasn't here two weeks ago. Uh, that was Mike on the show. Uh, they were on bye this week. But for dynasty purposes, it's the split we've been seeing with Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. This last week, Devin Singletary had the majority of the snaps. And in preseason this year, there was so much hype for the way that Damian Pierce was going to be used. And in dynasty leagues, 
Damian Pierce as a young, talented running back on what appears now to be an up and coming offense is like, okay, all right, this is this is what you're looking for in in Dynasty. And I say, no, it's not. No, it is absolutely not. Uh, in the preseason time, I think this was even before this Dynasty pod existed, I did a bunch of research on historical long-term value of fourth-round running backs who were great their rookie year, which that's what Damian Pierce was. He was a fourth-round running back who was great his rookie year. In fairness to him, he was the best fourth-round rookie uh, running back that I that I had in all my data that I was accumulating uh, over the last 20 years. And what it turned out was like the vast, vast majority of them were worse in year two, and they really, their careers never became what you thought it was going to become. Sometimes you had like a Jordan Howard where it was like, okay, all right, he had a couple years of relevance. But a lot of times you had some of the best examples of like Jeremy Langford it's it's hard for people to remember that name because he just vanished. But he was the hotness after his rookie year. I think right now today, Damian Pierce holds a lot of dynasty value. You're not you're not having to uh, try to find a way to trade him or 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 dump him before. You know, I I think he he can net you a lot. People are looking for young stud running backs and. He projects to possibly be one, but with what I've seen from the snap counts and and that historical data, the fact that they've got you know they they're going to have good draft capital going forward. Um, I don't think Damian Pierce is going to be a long term great fantasy asset. So I would capitalize on the hype of his rookie year and a couple uh, good weeks this season um, and uh, see what you can get for him. Yeah, because Singletary. Before the bye, just quietly, you know, he saw season high in snaps, his routes, opportunities. And the routes part is what is, I think, scary because in preseason, like we were like, man, if Pierce is going to get all of this work, like he's a borderline RB1, like that's the kind of workload that you were going to get. And now it's it's scary. So if you were a Damian Pierce manager, I'm assuming, Jason, you're saying like you can't really get what he's worth. Like you're, he's probably just a hold for now, but are no, you saying you could no, I, try to get Singletary on the cheap? Oh, Singletary, yes. Um, I I think uh, Singletary is someone that I don't care about hardly at all. <laughs> um, th this isn't this isn't um, pro Singletary so much as it is. I believe that this is going to be an offense this year that doesn't score a ton of rushing touchdowns. The, the workload will be split closer to 50-50 than we like for fantasy purposes. Barring injury to either guy, I think that both guys are going to let you down more often than not. And so I'm not looking to trade for Devin Singletary. I just want to capitalize on the the youth and opportunity and timeline of, of what you can get out of Damian Pierce. I, for one, am shocked that it has turned this way with Damian Pierce. I mean, it is just so unforeseen. I could never have seen this. This is just... Not on my radar, guys. Kyle's just—he's been waiting for this moment for the last yeah. year and a half since Damian what Pierce entered the NFL. You were, you, you were the OG hater. I, you know, I try to give people. I like. I took the L in this preseason, saying like maybe I was just wrong, and I didn't draft him anywhere. I mean, come on, I wasn't going to do that. But the usage looked like it was somebody that you could at least count on as an RB two, maybe RB one type weeks. But you're just not getting those at all, and the lack of passing game. It's. It is weird because the offense is something that we 
are encouraged by, right? Like we like CJ Stroud. We like what he's doing. We like the way they're moving the ball, but it's, uh, it's kind of centered around the wide receivers and who cares about Pierce? So, uh, I wanted to give a running back that I think you can try to acquire right now. He's coming off a big week, so maybe it's something that is going to cost you a little bit more. But the Gus bus, Gus Edwards, I wanted to give you some behind-the-scenes numbers with his snaps because it's still a 50-50 split with Justice Hill. Last week, it was 30 snaps for Edwards, 30 for Hill. The routes are kind of skewed in Justice Hill's favor, and Gus Edwards had that monster reception that we'll never be able to replicate that again, right? Never. Like 80 yards, broken play, cool cool play. But what I want to say is that Gus is seeing all of the carries inside the five, which is what we care about. And Justice Hill is also pass blocking a ton. 25% of his passing plays, 34% of true pass sets, according to PFF. In other words, Justice Hill, you can look at his routes, you can look at his pass plays and his snaps, And it's almost like you can take out a third of them. They don't even matter. He's being asked to block. Who cares? Okay. They don't even target the running back that much. The early down production is what I care about. And you're seeing that Gus Edwards is getting a touch on 40% of his snaps. That's like the same as Mostert or Eckler or Saquon. Like he's getting used when he's on the field. So I think Gus Edwards is a fine low end RB2 um, that you're going to get some weeks where he gets in the end zone. And it's an offense that started, you started to see last week, like, wow, this offense is fun and they can move the ball. They did it against the Lions. So what do you guys think about Gus as like a target right now? If you are running back needy, I think he's he's a great target. And I disagree with what you said earlier that because he's coming off a big week, it's going to cost you. Um, People aren't clamoring for Gus Edwards in dynasty leagues. He's just a solid running back that you feel like is a one-year rental and you're not even sure that he's the dude um but he is going to score enough fantasy points to help you know bye weeks and and those situations flex starting decisions where it's like oh yeah he helped me get a win here and a win that week and I made the playoffs um yeah if, if you can if you can go trade uh cheap for him if you're a contending team I think that's not a bad idea yeah, I, I was going to say, Can when I, you said you might have to pay up for him, I was like, man, what what does Gus Edwards cost you in a dynasty league? <laughs> like, well, that's what I'm... Two-thirds? I'm, I'm trying to talk this <laughs> a late out. late second, maybe? It's like, that's at most what you'll have to pay, I think, for Gus Edwards. So you're fine with a late second? Yeah. If, I, if I'm a contending okay. team and I need running backs, that'll get it done, I think. Okay, because I'm a contending team in a couple dynasty leagues, I put out some offers and it was the second. And I went back and forth like, okay, is he, is he just a one-year rental? Like Jason said, if Jason gets this player ahead of me in a league, I will be very mad. But <laughs> Gus Edwards, I think is, uh, is a pretty Hold good. I've got to go make an offer real quick. <laughs> I, not even to yeah. get him. I don't need him because of how great my team is, but, um, I want to keep him from you. There you go. You can do that. Uh, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, 
I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, boys, I need you to gird up. Gird your loins because this is this is a rookie draft rookie draft redo, which is very hard to say. And in just a second, guys, we're going to go through our picks that we made in May. We're going to compare, and then we're going to go one one. So let's get ready. Hey, rookie! Welcome to the NFL. All right. If you remember, back in May, we did a rookie draft on this show, and it went Mike, me. Jason, and then Betts. So Mike's not here on this show, but for each pick, I'll go through and say this is what this player was picked at in the first draft, and then we'll go on the clock. So this time, the order will be Jason, Betts, and then myself, and we will kind of go in that order. And guys, when you make your picks, feel free to share how stressed out you might be because it is really hard. It's really hard to take the information we've had in the past and then compare with this is how I feel seven weeks in while also thinking about this is a dynasty like outlook. So we're not just saying this is what this player's done. So you have to weigh all of those things right now. So the hardest play I'll go right now and just say the hardest player for me by far is JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba. I could, I could see making an argument that he should still be number two. I could see him being down at like seven because we haven't seen it so far, but you've got to have a long-term outlook in dynasty. So that's interesting. Um, you said we're starting at one. We are starting at one. And I get Bijan it. Bijan went one. Yeah, and it's you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. I'll keep Bijan. Uh, I'll take Bijan Robinson at number one. That is the easiest uh, pick of all time. Do you think so? We'll just talk real quick. So this past weekend, lots of stuff about what did they know? What should they have shared about the injury report? Um, you know, if you got one carry for three yards on your fantasy team, I'm sorry, I was there. As well, Jason, you felt that, and you still won yes, in Dynasty. Yes. So, so far in points per game, Bijan is the RB11. Would you guys say, based on expectations, has he disappointed you if you were his manager for what he's done for this season? I think if you're talking about Not- his redraft ADP, probably a little, but he's still been great. You know, like... like and he's getting that passing down work, but he was drafted as a top five running back, right? In redraft circles. So if you had that expectation yep. for your dynasty squad, I think he's been a little disappointing, relatively speaking, because you had that range of outcomes where he just ices Tyler Algier and he's getting everything, but that's not happening. And Tyler Algier is getting plenty of work around the goal line and, and sort of thing. So I think a little he's disappointed, but from a dynasty perspective, I would still have zero concerns. Jason, are you a little underwhelmed just slightly? 
Yeah, I mean, it, well, what you originally asked was, are you disappointed based on your expectations? No. Based on your hopes, yes. Uh, he, he's still been an RB1 in points per game, so your expectation isn't destroyed yet, and you think as a rookie it's going to be better you know, as it goes on than right off the bat to start uh, the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, you hope that you've got you know a top three guy, and you don't have a top three guy yet. But everything you've seen – no, that, I don't. I don't think there's any disappointment in the player. Like, I don't think fantasy managers would go back and undo in either redraft or dynasty drafting Bijan Robinson this year. So that that answers the question. No, we're not disappointed. We just want more. I I'm with you. I traded for him after week two in a redraft league, and I'm just I'm still wanting more. We're waiting for that first rushing touchdown. By the way, um, still still knocking on the door. But he's second among all running backs in receptions. So if you knew that going into the draft, you'd be super happy. So Bijan, I think we all thought he would stay 101. Betts, you are up next at the 102. And back in May, I took JSN at this spot. Yeah, there's a bunch of names I had in consideration, honestly. Um, the wide receivers are all here. JSN, Puka Nakua has been incredible. But I kept thinking about kind of the landscape in Dynasty and needing difference-making running backs. You've got Bijan, you've got Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, and then the other half is sort of just aging out, right? Like Austin Eckler's another year old or Derrick Henry's on his last leg. And you need these difference-making backs. So I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs here. I know it's been a slow start to the year. And we all spent all offseason talking about, well, what if Jameer Gibbs gets hurt? How good can David Montgomery be? What if David Montgomery gets hurt? How good can Jameer Gibbs be? And we've seen that this past week. So I'm staying with the process here of the 12th overall pick. I don't think this is a DeAndre Swift situation for them. I think they actually like this guy. They want to get him involved. And I think it'll happen, you know, year over year. Montgomery isn't going away. I'm not saying that, but he is explosive and I love the draft capital. So I'm going to lean with Jameer Gibbs. I wish you wouldn't have taken him there because he would have been an easy pick at the 103. Yep. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I think so. For me, I, I mean, that that's who I, that's who I wanted, Jason. Okay. I wanted to take Gibbs. So but where would you have him, Jason? I, since this is just a conversation to uh, have, uh, you know, more uh, debate, uh, right now I have Jameer Gibbs m uh, much lower in my personal rankings, and I think it would, I think it would really shock you guys. I have him, and and this isn't an anti-Jameer Gibbs. Please don't hear that. I'm not saying Jameer Gibbs is a bust. He's not going to have value or relevance. But for me, if I'm doing it over, he's my. What what number overall do you think he is? I'm gonna guess eight. There's seven. Okay. How? I, I don't seven. agree with Here's that. How. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Here's how. Um, one, I value stud wide receivers over stud running backs in dynasty, longer shelf life. So I think there are five great wide receivers that I want desperately in dynasty. And if I was drafting, you know, a startup right now, it would take all those wide receivers over the running back. So they like that's that's the biggest uh, most, you know, like okay, you could have a debate just positionally. But the real fun funny debate, which I had to ask Andy. Andy was leaving the studio. I go, "Hey, I want to make sure I'm not crazy here." I asked him a question. He actually had the same answer as me. Um and it was surprising, but I like I like Devon Achan more than Jameer Gibbs. They both have draft capital. No, Devon A-Chan uh, A does not have the number 12 overall draft capital, but we've already seen that is not forcing Jameer Gibbs into the workhorse bell cow role that, you know, historically a top 15 type of drafted running back does. Only injury is allowing him to, to be there. 
And these are both undersized, explosive athletes, right? And I, I think that the system that HN fits in with the Miami Dolphins, with an aging, expiring, you know, Moster and Jeff Wilson and single year contracts, and like it's going to be HN's offense uh, in the running game, I think, in the near future. So uh, it's close. I love both players. Love both players. This is not an anti Jameer Gibbs uh, situation, but I think, I think Devon Achan is going to have a better fantasy career than Jameer Gibbs. I can, I can see that case. Cause right now I am right now, my three and four, I feel like are like a A and B and Achan was one of those. So I'm still deciding on who it is. So I, I'm totally fine with where that is. We have to tell us right now. Um, <laughs> well, Time's hold on. Up. I just want to give some thoughts, thoughts with Gibbs because you saw this past week him get targeted a ton. He's been targeted on 25.5% of his routes. So if you're getting that type of usage, you're getting a wide receiver as well. Like that's kind of, that's the kind of player you're getting. So I don't think Jason's saying anything against Gibbs. He just would prefer a chance. So um, is it, was it not even close for you bets? Like I, I, I was with you where I thought it was Bijan Gibbs as like a tier of its own still. Oh, I considered strongly Puka Nakua here, Jordan Addison, uh, this is a fun class because because you can go a number of directions and you can make an argument like Nakua is putting up outrageous production next to Cooper Cup, right? Like as a rookie, as like a fifth or sixth round rookie, whatever he was. Uh, Flowers looks like there's so many guys. So for me, it was between uh, Puka, Jordan Addison and Jameer Gibbs. So I have the third pick and this is where Gibbs went at our draft in May. And I went back and forth. I think I would go with the wide receiver here. And just so Jason can uh, can go to town on HN if he wants. But I would take Jordan Addison. I understand there's a little recency mm. bias by what he did Monday. I also don't know who his quarterback will be next year. So that is something to consider. Like, it, who, who's his quarterback next year? Do you guys have any thoughts? I think that there is a really strong possibility that it is not Kirk Cousins. Um, so, I mean, that when we were talking, I mean, let's just, we're, we're not like revealing these names here. Like, oh, no, I, no, no. I wonder who else is in the, the top tier here. When you're looking at um, what I think is five great wide receivers here in Jackson Smith and Jigba, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh, and, and Puka Nakua, so, uh, four, um, it's really, really difficult to have a clear-cut winner there you've got the production insanity from puka who has the least draft capital um you have the lack of production from jsn who has the highest draft capital and you know you 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 see a future where his depth chart is going to get better for him over time um zay flowers well he's got lamar jackson whereas jordan addison he doesn't have a quarterback locked in for the future so there's it's just a matter of I, I when I was doing this and trying to figure out like what is my order going to be, I went talent. I went in the end. I thought, who do I think out of these four? Because you can make great arguments. Who do I think is the most talented? And that's kind of how I tried to sort them out. Yeah, and we've kind of that's kind of been something we've talked about a lot on this show. Is like situations going to change? Choose talent. So I will take Jordan Addison of the one and three. I feel safe with him. Um, I, you might could argue that there's wide receivers with higher ceilings, but I, I'll take Jordan Addison at the one Oh three, which, uh, is where we took him in may. He's the one Oh four. So Jason, you're now up at one Oh four. 
at 104, I'm just going to I'm going to do it so that because the difficulty of deciding which wide receiver to take, I get to bypass um by taking Devon Achan who I believe is going to be, you know, an outstanding asset. We've seen him um in a, such a short time span be a week winning running back multiple weeks in a row in an offense that fits his abilities perfectly. Um young, committed, great offense. So I'm I'm taking the the track superstar in Devon Achan. All right. Uh bets, you have a impossible decision. And just so you know, this is where your boy QJ went <laughs> but way back in May, which I huge. It makes sense, right? It makes sense that he would have gone here. I'm assuming he's not on the board for you. Yeah, Q just not the pick currently. <laughs> um, I hate that Jason took HM because I was hoping that I could just take whichever wide receiver he did not take and yeah. not look like an idiot when I make this decision because it's, it's the obvious, right? Draft capital, as we said, with JSN or the insane early production from Puka Nakua. And I'm going to take Puka Nakua. Um, what he is doing is just unreal for a rookie. And when you see these guys flash in targets per outrun, yards per outrun at an elite level as rookies, it's usually sticky moving forward. Now, everything was great. Like Cooper Cup was out. Stafford is throwing at an out, outrageous rate. Like those things probably are going to change short term. But give me the guy who has shown he can absolutely do it in the NFL with or without Cooper Cup on the field. I don't blame you at all. And the targets per outrun are awesome. You know, 29%, 2.81 yards per outrun. I feel like it's kind of like measuring your expectations of what he can be moving forward, because I don't think you're going to say he's going to be a wide receiver one every single year, but based on a start this year, it's like, you're probably going to bet on this guy finishing in the top 10 or top 12 based on what he's done so far. But you know, if he's a solid wide receiver two in fantasy, you would be very happy with that uh, right now. And you didn't have to draft him there. Like that's the beauty. We're doing a redraft, but no one had to draft Puka Nakua here. You got him in the third round or you picked him up or whatever. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth the debate. I would have taken Jackson Smith and Jigba and that's who I'll take here because the talents there, we're actually seeing an increase in the role. Please let him get downfield. Like just the beginning of that game against Arizona this past week, it was like, Oh, they understand that this guy can actually cut up people in the intermediate area and he was booking. And then it kind of slowed down in the second half. I don't really know what happened. Maybe Jason, you were watching, but like, I feel like the second half of that game just kind of slogged and they just weren't attacking Seattle. Yeah, the I, I that's been pretty common, I feel like, this year. The second half of games haven't really gone as well. But um I I, I agree with you that uh JSN is not someone like Huge, QJ, Quentin Johnston, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, neither one have had great rookie years so far. I mean, we had we had a, a touchdown and a kind of hopeful breakout game this last week, but for the most part, neither of them have done great things, whereas we've seen Jordan Addison, we've seen Zay Flowers, we've seen Puka Nakua uh, really show off, but J JSN is great, and if you want to take him at the 102, believing in his future as the highest ceiling type of player, I'm fine with that. Um, for the record, my, cause I, this, this, it was painstaking for me, but my, um, personal rankings, when I looked at my top three, they became, uh, Bijan Robinson, 
Devon Achan, Puka Nakua. And so that two and three was pretty wild uh, to see. It just just felt... as we all thought it would be, right? <laughs> yeah, just as we all thought it would be. This is an easy pick for me at seven. Um, I think there is a tear break, a clear and utter uh, gulf between the top seven. Like the, the top seven will always be these seven. It will always be Bijan, Devon Achan, Puka Nakua, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Jameer Gibbs, in whatever order you want, and Zay Flowers. Yes. Uh, he's he's shown out. He's looked great. He's got first round draft capital. He's got Lamar Jackson, and so I I, I don't believe in Rashad Bateman anymore. He, like I I don't know that that's ever going to be a thing. I don't believe in Odell Beckham. So you're hoping that this offense starts clicking, and at the very least, at the very least, we've already seen Hollywood Brown with Lamar Jackson and a lower passing volume be pretty good when it's Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. So if he comes into that number one wide receiver role, even if he's the number two target in the offense, really, really good for fantasy for a long time, tied to a, a great organization. I mean, this is the thing. You could argue. Um, we were talking about it in the studio. I think uh, I, I think both Mike and Andy, and I, I don't want to put words in their mouth. I know I, I'm almost positive it was Mike, and I think it was Andy as well. Zay Flowers was their number one wide receiver. So they he they would take Zay Flowers over Addison because of the quarterback situation, over JSN because of what we've seen so far, um, over Puka. So I I'm not that way, but these top seven that's tier break. Now it starts getting like really really interesting, right? Or difficult. Yeah, it's I, I felt like Flowers was the last person I had two in mind, and it is interesting. Like if you wanted to take Flowers at three, I get it. Like I get I get if you're just like interested in saying. High floor. He's going to be with Lamar. Um, Betts, you're up at the 108. This is where Dalton Kincaid went back in May. Yeah, this does feel like the worst spot to be in the draft because now I start the tough decision making. And I've actually kind of flip flopped a couple of times as I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm going to go with Tank Dell, who I'm normally not a huge fan of undersized wide receivers. But the fact is, this guy is just good. Like you go back to his college production, it's great. Comes out as a rookie. You know, it's a slow burn. Doesn't get on the field right away, but as soon as he gets his opportunity, capitalizes. The yards for outrun is great. Uh, we like CJ Stroud and the passing attack. So I'm going to go with Tank Dell here. I, I usually don't do this with, like they said, these smaller wide receivers, but he is flashed in a big way. Yeah, 2.36 yards per outrun is pretty awesome. And I think we're a little skewed because he hasn't been on the field the last two weeks. Concussion on by. But in a full PPR... I think he belongs in the first round or a fringe first round might be a little higher than what I, what I would like. Um, Were you debating between any names right here? Yeah. So for me, it was, it was kind of three decisions uh, or three players tank Dell. I thought about Anthony Richardson, just given the insane ceiling he's shown. And then actually Sam Laporta, which I know tight ends in the first round typically are not ideal for us as far as how we play. But the guy's just doing it, and he's producing in a big way, and you don't see that from rookie tight ends very often. So those are the three names that I considered. Okay, so I actually have Sam Laporta as my next on my board. And yeah, 23% yards per outrun, or 23% targets per outrun for a tight end. Any tight end is awesome. For a rookie tight end, that's like unheard of that we're getting that type of production. So I think he can be like a difference maker tight end. Usually we like to wait... But I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Sam Laporte here. There's a couple wide receivers that I think you could also go in that direction. But um, yeah, I'm gonna take Laporte here. I think the quarterbacks in a one quarterback league, which is what we're doing, 
are also in play. Richardson, Stroud at the end of the first round, but I'll take Laporta. Yeah, uh, Laporta was my number eight player as well. Once you're past those top seven, I think he has earned the right. I mean, he's great right now in redraft. So if you're already great in redraft at a difficult-to-get position, you can't make an argument of, well, Dynasty, we don't take – you know, he's he's doing it. He's shown flashes. He's from tight end U. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I've i got Sam Laporta eight. Um, I think we're all in sync there. I do – have the third player that Betts mentioned as my number nine player. So am I? Am I on the? I'm up. You're right? at you the one ten. Okay, so I'll take my number nine player here, uh, and that is Anthony Richardson. Um, he's the quarterback I want in a dynasty league. Yeah, his season is over. That stinks. We've seen brilliant flashes from C.J. Stroud. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the the real deal. But rookie year. This season, CJ Stroud's not winning you a championship. He's just looking really good. He might be a flex option. Maybe you can get a win here or there because you had a, a different way to go. But you're hoping that CJ Stroud has like a really nice future, long term, you know, Kirk Cousins type of fantasy relevance. He, if he's not winning you a championship this year, I want a guy that can win me a championship. Anthony Richardson can win you a championship. He looked unbelievably great. And coming in next year, Betts, what's your medical thoughts on the timeline uh, as as far as, you know, where he got surgery coming in next year? Will he be fully healthy, ready to go? Yeah, he'll be ready by the summer to to do everything and, and you know, ramp up from there. So they, he'll enter 2024 offseason with probably a little bit of limitation, like early, like March-ish range. But by the time we get to summer and training camp, he will be full go. All right, Betts, you're up at the 111 which is where Jason took Rasheed Rice back in May. Yeah, we're going to keep it the same. He is the pick here. I'm going to take Rasheed Rice. Talked about it at the, the top of the show with just the underlying efficiency numbers trending in the right direction. And, you know, when we think about draft capital, like we kind of have to remind ourselves, this guy went in the second round to a Pat Mahomes offense and everyone that he's playing with just can't earn targets besides Travis Kelsey. So Rasheed Rice, to me, has shown enough that he deserves to go in round one. Yep. I'd agree. It's It's been one of those things where every single week involved more. You love to see that kind of stuff. 27% yard, uh, targets per outrun. He's been pretty great. So I'm at the end of the first round, and I think that you could take C.J. Stroud here. Uh, there's a couple wide receivers that are interesting. I just don't know their role, so I can't see the future. I think, so I'm not the same team, but I think I would take Dalton Kincaid here. I think this team won't like Gabe Davis probably isn't going to be re-upped with this team. That's that's he's a free agent this year. And it seems like Dalton Kincaid can easily morph into the second target on this team. We saw eight targets this past week. We know that Knox is out, you know, for the next four games. So I think Dalton Kincaid as a pass catcher, not just as a tight end, like as a, you know, wide receiver, tight end blend, I think he can come in his own. So he belongs somewhere this fringe end of the first, uh, beginning of the second. So would you guys have gone different there? At this point, personally, I think that there's like a, a smorgasbord of guys you could argue for. Don Kikade is certainly in that list. I think there's like five or six players here that are all debatable, solid options that are in the same tier. So I, I'm not excited personally to be like to even have the, like right now if I'm if I'm at this spot I'm trying to trade back three or four spots five spots accumulate 
future draft capital because I, I look at tiers and I say, ah, whether I get this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy or this guy or that guy, I like them all the same. Um, so I'm just going to stick with what my rankings were. Um, once I get out of known commodities, known, and I think we're kind of out of known. We've got flashes. We've got pathways of 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 really good options. Um, I would I would have absolutely taken Rashi Rice there, um, but most of the people left on my list just have some some pretty big question marks, even with excitement. But there's no real question mark to me about C.J. Stroud. He has proven that he's going to be a valuable uh, player for a long time in this league. Um, you know, already thrown over 300 yards tons of times for a rookie. So uh, I'll take C.J. Stroud and play it a little safe here if I've got to retain this pick and not trade back. I love it. I thought about him. And I'll just say this. What I love about Stroud is the things we loved about him in college. You're seeing that in the pros where it's just over and over again in the intermediate area of the field. He's already one of the best in the league this year in, in you know, throws in the 10 to 19 yard range. So Tank Dell, Nico Collins, you love it. So CJ Stroud is Jason's pick at 201. Bets, you were up at 202. Yeah, kind of like Jason said, tough spot in the draft. Uh, I think there's a couple names that are in play here. I'm interested to see where we get uh, Quentin Johnson to go, but I'm going to take a guy that I think collectively we were all pretty down on. And this guy is just making us look silly or making me look silly. It's Josh Downs, who, you know, for the smaller, you know, third round or whatever he was, draft capital, historically doesn't work out. But the guy has just stepped onto the field and done it and earned targets uh, and, you know, popped in a big way. And Michael Pittman is a, a pending free agent. Is that right, Kyle? That is correct. He'll he'll get. So the yes, he'll. Yeah, yeah. he's going to get resigned for sure. But um, but we saw him do it with. Gardner Minshew we saw him flash a little bit with Anthony Richardson so I think Josh Downs deserves to go here at the top of the second round who knew that Jason Moore would be at a spot in redraft this year where he's playing Josh Downs every single week (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's uh it was was a good play played him a couple uh leagues this last week and I'm so happy you took him here bets because he deserves to go here um, he, he's shown enough to, to take the shot on him and I, I wouldn't do it, you know, it's against, it's against my religion. So, um, yeah, yeah uh, you're, you're up right now. Yeah, I'm going to take a quick break. Cause I got it. We got to think about this. I mean, I've got three or four guys, so I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, we're back. We're in the second round at the 203. This is where Bryce Young went back in May, and I can just tell you right now, He's probably not the pick here for me. I'm deciding between a massive upside player like Marvin Mims, who we've basically seen run 10 routes a game. And then I'm still interested in Zach Charbonnet. I think that we haven't seen enough touches, but we like this running game. He could pop if something happens. It's just so hard to see what his playing time can be. So I go back and forth between those, but I will go Marvin Mims, shoot for the moon, I mean, Jerry Judy won't be on this team. Nobody likes him. Um, So I will take Marvin Mims here at the 203. Yeah, the the two most interesting names to me as far as like where do they go, where do they fall, and I know where I have them in my personal rankings, are are Quentin Johnston and Zach Charbonnet. Um, you, You can't love Zach Charbonnet more than I love Zach Charbonnet. He is a great running back. He really is, but we've seen this with the Seahawks before they're loyal to the incumbent and Kenneth Walker has been awesome there's no reason not to be just because your backup is great doesn't mean that you don't give Kenneth Walker the ball and so I worry that Zach Charbonnet was drafted into a place and time and role where he will retain and succeed in a backup running back role and he will essentially just be an insurance running back, a great insurance policy, but an insurance running back, backup, irrelevant for fantasy for several years at the very least. Um, it's so way too early to know. I mean, f- football, the NFL, things change like crazy. Ken, Ken Walker could go down to a season ender next week, and, and then we all regret not taking the talent of Zach Charbonnet, but he is a little bit lower for me. I'm going to play someone who's also a backup, also a running back, and now I'm going to take him over Zach Charbonnet because next year Kenneth Walker is a Seahawk. And the next year Kenneth Walker is a Seahawk. But how much longer do we have Derrick Henry? And I think Tajay Spears has shown enough on the NFL field. We've seen him pull away from defenders. That, that speed has flashed. And I'm going to take Tajay Spears here in hopes that Derrick Henry gets out of the way soon. And in the meantime, he is not a completely irrelevant fantasy player. He's playing over 50% of snaps right now with Derrick Henry on the field. Um, I, I I think his he's got a brighter future than guys that like Tank Bigsby. I really like Tank Bigsby. I think he's a talented guy. But he's not getting the opportunity and doesn't, uh, doesn't project to get much opportunity. Uh, Tajay Spears has it. It's the hardest part of this exercise is – taking the information that we have, the seven weeks worth, and then making a projection forward of saying, here's what they can do. And Spears, it's hard to get on the NFL field in general when you're a rookie running back. And it's even harder when you're behind, you know, one of the greatest running backs of our this recent generation. And he's forcing his way on the field, not just as he's a scat back and he gets only like a couple of, like he's getting carries. He's getting like meaningful work for this team. So Running a lot of routes, too, involved in the passing. Yeah, it's it, targeting on 20% of his routes. For a rookie running back, 
That is really, really good. So Jason takes him there at 204. He went 207 in our May draft. So we were high on him, but uh, he's definitely shown out more than we thought. Betts, you are at the 205. I hate this, but I'm going to take Quentin Johnson. (laughs) I guess I'll end the slide here. Um, There really isn't anything positive to say about what he's done this year. I mean, 0.6 yards per run, that is woof. But it's the middle of the second round. This team needs him moving forward this year and next year with the Mike Williams injury, with the Keenan Allen getting older, contract stuff. So I'll take a shot in the first round wide receiver and hope it gets better. But if we go back to kind of the pre-draft process, remember we were talking about his production. It was a lot of manufactured screens, you know, stuff like that. Like he was a very raw player. So I'm worried but I'm not completely out quite yet. If he doesn't do anything for the rest of the year, then it's like, ooh, buddy. But in this point in the season, this exercise, I'll take him here. He's a player that we kind of collectively said like, okay, so there's some some flaws in his game. And the last thing we saw was him against Georgia in the national title game just get destroyed. He was irrelevant. And then with the draft capital and the landing spot, we're like, well, I think we kind of have to meet in the middle. And that's kind of where I was, where I was like, not over the top, but not against... And he kind of belonged in that tier. So um, it's hard to completely write him off. I think this is a good spot. I had him right here, Bets, in my rankings at 205. So I would have taken him if he was up next. Jason, where was he in yours? He was the next man up in my rankings as well. Top of the list left over. Um, And now there's like two or three names I'm really excited to have left. And then... And then we we kind of fall off a bit for me. All right. So I will be less than exciting. I will take Zach Charbonnet here. Um, I would have taken him another two spots ahead. So I, I, I considered him the last spot. So I will take Zach Charbonnet at the 206. I took Tank Bigsby here back in May. So Jason, you are now up. Um, yeah, I there there's two players I really, really like. I want both of them, and they're both named Michael. So I'm trying to decide, do I go with the higher draft capital, the better pedigree coming in at the less important position in Michael Mayer, or do I take what projects to be Kyler Murray's wide receiver two in Michael Wilson, um, a young offense that I think will ascend. And uh, when push comes to shove, I think this was a really, really good tight end rookie class We've already taken Dalton Kincaid. We've already taken Sam Laporta. I could easily see looking back five years from now and saying, eh, the best one was who was thought to be best before the NFL draft, Michael Mayer. He's gotten on later. Um, you know, he he didn't get off to quite the same start that Laporta did. But pre uh, you know, pre week one, I would have taken Michael Mayer over him. And I, I love both guys. So I'll I'll take Michael Mayer here. All right. Bets. I'm going to keep the tight end train rolling. I'm actually going to take Luke Musgrave with this pick. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just desperate for difference-making tight ends, and these guys have all flashed that they could potentially turn into that. So it's been kind of an up-and-down season, a couple injuries for Musgrave, but earning an, an every-down starting you know, tight end role out of the gate I think says a lot about him. So I'll take Luke Musgrave. That's who I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that was that sound effect was we we knew the subtext there. Uh, that was a. <sighs> That's dang now it. I got to make a decision. I thought. See, I figured Betts was just going to go. Okay, Bet uh, Jason, you already did the spiel for me. 
I'll take Michael Wilson, but no, you didn't. Uh, so here's my thoughts about Michael Wilson. Maybe you can give some more context because he's probably going to the next two picks, right? Like if I don't take him, you're going to take him, right? Correct. So what is he good at? I guess I'm not trying to be mean. I'm like trying to figure out what is his tool and his tool belt that he can be a difference maker for fantasy football. Like I think on the NFL field, he's been fine. I did find a really funny stat that his yards per out run against man coverage this year is zero, but teams don't play man that much. But I, I just thought it was funny, like zero point zero zero. Yeah, um, I, I think his advantage right now for fantasy purposes in what's going to help score fantasy points is six two two thirteen. It's his body type. It's his archetype. Um, this offense with, when Kyler comes back, I think will be good. You've got Hollywood on one side and Michael Wilson on the other. So, you know, I, I don't think Michael Wilson is going to be a superstar for fantasy football. Um, I think he's like a, a poor man's T Higgins. He's got good body positioning. He's got good size and good strength. He doesn't quite have the same speed or, or the, uh, elite athleticism that T Higgins has, but I kind of see him more like that. Just a solid, big-bodied player like uh, Robert Woods, who was you know very fantasy-relevant for many years. If he's in the right system, if he stays as the wide receiver too, honestly, my biggest fear in drafting Michael Wilson is what does this wide receiver room look like next year when the Cardinals have two really, really high draft picks? That's like my biggest fear here is Marvin Harrison. <laughs> you know, it's like if Marvin Harrison shows up on this team and you've got Hollywood and Marvin Harrison, then Michael Wilson goes poof. So that that's the the one big fear I have. If he stays as the wide receiver two for a Kyler Murray led Cardinals, um, or even a Caleb, uh, uh, Williams led, yeah, Caleb Williams led offense, then uh, I'm fine with that. The player, so you gave a good spiel. I will let you take Michael Wilson because I would take Jaden Reed here first, right ahead of him. Who's been, I feel like he's been pretty consistent as a rookie. I mean, a couple that touchdown he had this past week was fortunate that it bounced off Dobbs' hands and, you know, went into his hands. But I think he's been consistent. He's been targeting the red zone a ton. He's been good in targets per outrun number. I feel like he's solid. I don't know if his ceiling is nearly as high as some of the other ones, but I feel like Jaden Reed could end up being a competent flex-type player, you know, carve out like a Zay Jones role where he's like, okay, I could put this guy in my flex on the right matchups in the right week um, as this team progresses. Who knows? how they feel about Jordan Love beyond this year, but I think Jaden Reed has been solid. You're you're probably happy if you got him in your rookie draft. So Jaden Reed here, and Jason, you have uh, Michael Wilson? Yeah, Michael Wilson will be my pick. All right, Betsy, you're up at 211. All right, I am looking at a couple of running backs. Neither has flashed a ton yet. I'm looking at Roshan Johnson and or Tank Bigsby. Um, with Bigsby, we've, we've talked about it already. Like we like him, you know, the draft capital was there relatively speaking. Uh, but ETN has just been great and there's no reason to go away from him. So it's tough. I think I'm going to lean Roshan Johnson here and just hope that he can take over that job when he gets healthy off, off his concussion. Um, and then moving forward, really take control of that backfield next year. Whereas with Tank Bigsby, I still think that's slightly in the range of outcomes, but Travis ETN would have to have an injury or, play horribly down the stretch or something to lose his job. So I'll take the, the shot on the guy that I think could earn a starting role. Okay. So I considered Roshan was right there. 
I didn't really consider tank, but I think that makes sense. You know, if you're redrafting, you need a running back. But I just want to give a little love to Jalen Hyatt because he's worked his way into being, okay, he's part of the rotation to, okay, he's a starting wide receiver to, okay, we're seeing some explosive plays. And one, that's one of the few things that he was drafted for is big explosive plays, tracking the ball down the field. You know, he's averaging over 20 yards per, per catch. Love it. Could that be nothing? Sure. But it's the kind of like nitro that I love having on a roster that if you have the right matchup, it's the Rashid Shahid, Jalen Hyatt. If you're in a double flex league, I love these players because you're not counting on them, but you can kind of throw them in there. So I think Jalen Hyatt, I thought he was just going to be dust the entire year. He's slowly becoming a player that like, oh, he's actually matters for them on the field. and They're designing plays for him. So Jalen Hyatt will be my pick right here at the 212. And I want to kind of mine out any other names that are on your radar here that didn't make the cut. So, yeah, for me, the the one name that sticks out, you look at we we drafted uh, four first round rookie wide receivers. We drafted Jaden Reed, Rashi Rice, Marvin Mims, all the second round guys. We drafted Tank Dell and Jalen Hyatt, the third round guys. We got oh, and Josh Downs and Michael Wilson. All third round guys. We got Puka, fifth round guy. But sitting there as the fifth wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft, Jonathan Mingo is just he's a second round pick that has actually been receiving targets, hasn't done much with them, but he's had a couple of, you know, seven, eight target games. He got injured. So that's the one guy that I like. I don't know what to make of right. him. You know, part of me has the feeling of like Sky Moore. Well, you're getting the opportunity and you're not doing much with it. But we're also only seven weeks in right now. This isn't a full season sample size. And he ha he got the injury in the middle. So he's a name that I think is very interesting to pay attention to and watch as the rest of the season uh, unfolds because he's overlooked. Yeah. Kendry Miller belongs on this list, like, you know, somewhere around here, beginning of the third, just because he's a running back who breathes. And that that's what matters. I want to ask you about Bryce Young. Our biggest issue wasn't, is he good at football, but how is it going to translate to fantasy? That's what we were always worried. Like, how does his skill set translate to someone who runs enough and, you know, has enough passing volume? And you haven't really seen that other than Adam Thielen has enjoyed it a lot. So are you still kind of in the same spot of like, hey, this is kind of our evaluation of Bryce Young. Like, he... He's fine, but he will never be good enough for fantasy football. Yeah, but Bryce Young is is borderline irrelevant to me in single quarterback leagues. Um, when you know when you've got guys like in a single quarterback league, I've got four of these guys on my roster. You know, I don't when when my star quarterback that I want to start every week, if it's Joe Burrow or it's Jalen Hurts or it's you know, Justin Herbert, when, when he's got a bye week or an injury, then, okay, I got to decide, do I want to throw in a, uh, you know, a, a Derek Carr or a, a Brock Purdy or, you know, a CJ Stroud or these guys is like Bryce Young's never doing it. Not in the, his, the rest of his career is never going to be a star fantasy football option in my opinion. So like, is he, does he have a place? Yeah. Bye week streaming candidate uh, and and obviously in a in a multi in a super flex all those tier of 
you know, borderline unstartable quarterbacks become very important, very relevant. You're, you know, Baker Mayfield today is like, oh, yes, good. I've got someone to start my super flex. So, yeah, um, th that's where Bryce Young matters. Otherwise, no, no, he just he doesn't look good, man. He, I mean, he's made he's made throws where you go, wait, this wasn't supposed to be the concern. Like he's supposed to be a smart football mind and see the field well. And, you know, it's like, what did you see where you threw it to the place where only a defender was? Um, he's just looked bad. The to strength me. of that team was supposed to be a defense that was fine and a running game. And it's been neither of those. And then it's kind of just morphed into let's feed Adam Thielen a ton. So it's just a different route than what we thought. Bets any thoughts here on just guys that missed the cut? Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on Jaleel McLaughlin, who, you know, is kind of this undersized, low draft capital, undrafted guy, actually, um, that has kind of had some flashes with Denver, but has carved out a role and looks explosive when he gets opportunity. So I don't know what to think because, you know, Javante Williams will continue to get healthier off the ACL. Um, I think he's certainly well ahead at this point of Samaje Pirine, who's kind of fallen out of favor. But I just wonder, is this kind of like a flash in the pan that will never happen again? Or could he be, you know, a flex play, not just this year, but also like looking forward to next year? I, I have a hard time with him because I feel like he's on a team that will give him a chance. But I wish he was on a different team that I could count on their offense actually like leveling up. And it's really hard to see a Sean Payton... Russell Wilson offense averaged more than what, like 17 points a game. So I, he's almost like out of place for me where I'm not going to trade for the dude because he could just be literal dust as an undrafted free agent. But if he's on my team, I'm like, sweet. I got gold, a player that I didn't even know existed, you know, uh, a year ago. So I, I, I don't think he belongs it, close to the top two rounds. But if you wanted to take a shot in the third round, if he's in this draft, like the 3-0 six or seven like that's kind of where i had him in my mind yeah so. makes sense um i do think it was interesting we'll get to post this on our website you'll get to see our picks from may our picks now and um who knows by the time we do this again we do our little rookie review every year in uh january and february it could look even more different so um feel free to give us our thoughts if you want to do that but that is going to do it for this episode of the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. Once again, go to jointhefoot.com if you want to get all of our resources and tool. And we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level, check out thefantasyfootballers.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.